Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to another Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 3rd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Just a quick heads up. Yes, the list is coming out today. Next week, I'm going to be in Cape Cod for the full week, so I'm going to do the list on Tuesday, not on Monday. It's the All-Star break. That's fine. And then also on Tuesday, uh, when I come home uh, from Cape Cod, uh, it's going to be like four days of games. So that makes a lot of sense. It'll only be three otherwise. It's all going to be good, but it's going to be two straight weeks of Tuesdays. I hope that's all right for you guys. But we have things to talk about. And my voice is still gone after doing karaoke for Chris Towers' birthday with Frank Stample. So I, I apologize for that as well. Whatever. Andrew Abbott. I'm going to really... It's like the podcast of apologizing because I was so wrong on Andrew Abbott. I, I, I can't say it enough. It happens. Uh, he did things differently than I expected. The, the stuff... Did not look as good as it did against the Padres. 7.2 innings and one earned run, four hits, one walk, and 12 Ks. He had 25 whiffs, 41% CSW for a golden goal. I did not expect this, especially inside of Cincinnati. And his changeup has been really bad this year. Yeah, this was 8 for 18 whiffs. The sweeper got strikes. The four-seamer dominated upstairs at 40% CSW, and the curveball had a 56% CSW. Yeah, this is not at all what we've seen uh, leading up to this. And so I actually went into our PLV app. That is, uh, it's on the site. We have a tool that shows you uh, different movement profiles and all these amazing tools created by Kyle Bland. You really should be using it. And actually, it's the best way that I analyze hitters. When I take the time to actually analyze hitters, I use that for decision tools and uh, and, and rolling charts and everything. It's incredible. And Andrew Abbott's four-seamer profile looks really good as far as movement goes. It makes me buy a lot more than the results actually have been um, for the four-seamer up to now. So it, it's kind of interesting. On one hand, I want to say, no, I don't expect the changeup to be this brilliant and the sweeper to be this good and then his pitch separation to be this good. I mean, he really just kind of threw fastballs in the zone and then elevated them super well when he needed to while the, I mean, the changeup was just so perfectly placed and the curveball was also there for 56% CSWS. It wasn't actually like that accurate, but it just worked. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Andrew Abbott is someone we hold on to now. Uh, I missed the boat on this. I was in on the beginning, and I was like, yeah, I don't really think this is legit. Now, all of a sudden, he's a different guy. I'm like, oh, well, okay, never mind. It's kind of an interesting topic to be saying to say about prospect pitchers because um, my job here is to assess as quickly as I can, right? To say, like, look, here's the debut. This is what I kind of see, X, Y, and Z. And look at even Gavin Williams. The first start wasn't really exceptional by any means. The, the secondaries looked like they weren't commanded and I didn't really say that in the minors and the four seam or whatever second start just looked brilliant right and you just don't know on the other side of it you have guys who look really good out of the gate and then yeah then they slow down and it's just not that good so it's it's always the game that we play with young guys uh Andrew Abbott at this point looks great I don't know if this is going to stick. It might actually be like the perfect sell high moment. I saw someone offered Sandy Alcantara for Andrew Abbott and was denied. And for me, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Sandy. I feel like his pitches are still fantastic and he should be way better in the second half. 
But if you feel like, Nick, I cannot deny the fact that 7.2 innings of 12 strikeouts from Andrew Abbott against the Padres, I can't say no to this. I totally get it. Um, I'm just here for good discussion, not in the business of being right. And uh, this is fun on my view. I know I'm so wrong. I feel guilty even though I'm not throwing the ball. Uh, I love that Andrew Abbott is killing it right now. It's like the best part about baseball. These young guys just dominating. Okay. More guys I'm wrong about. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, last seven starts, was a 1.66 ERA with a f- across 43 innings as he went 6.2 innings, zero earned runs, two hits, three walks in six Ks in a revenge game against the Yankees. The curve and change both had a 43% plus CSW. That is, I believe one of them had a 45%. Pretty wild. Uh, and he gets the White Sox next, and we're going to do that. I imagine he's going to be a trade target at the deadline as he's a free agent at the end of this year, and the Cardinals are not looking like they are playoff bound. Then again, if all teams above 500 made the playoffs, hmm, now that would be an interesting idea. Anyway, Sonny Gray, another guy that I was like, hey, sell high, sell high, sell high. He has allowed more than 300 runs in a single outing this year, which is kind of wild, but he also has been somewhat volatile. And the... The nature of Sonny Gray is to be really good and then kind of bad and then really good again. And we're seeing that good again right now. He's about 250 ERA for the year. I would sell because like I think it is a up and down moment for Sonny Gray. That's just kind of what he does. And uh, anyone that sees like, no, this is my stable rock for the second half. I would not think that's what he is. But look, you just keep starting the guy like that. That's just I mean, where a lot of these is like you're not going to drop them. I'm not saying that you should drop them. It's just... Uh, yeah, he's not as good as the lines have been. Andrew Heaney against the Astros, and this is just whatever. Five innings, zero runs, three hits, one walk, eight Ks. Last time, what did I say? Drop Andrew Heaney. I mean, how could you expect all of a sudden the slider to be really good down? It hasn't been all year. The heater did say elevated. The changes were good and bad, um, but the slider was really down, and that's what he's been needing for a while, and it destroyed the Astros because of it. Now he gets the Nationals, but do we know that the slider is going to be down and the fastball is still going to be up? I don't know. It's Andrew Heaney. We've seen the song and dance for ages. Um, Don't know. Up to you. Adrian Morejon stepped in for Yu Darvish because Yu Darvish is still recovering from his illness. And Morejon, unfortunately, is three ticks down on the fastball since what we saw um, earlier on. So, yeah, that is not going to be a thing. Ross Stripling stepped in for Alex Wood, at least was the opener for two innings, and then Alex Wood won 1.2 of forward runs across 57 pitches as I got him in Tout Wars because I wanted to stream him this week. Oh boy, it's a bad situation in that 15-teamer, so I, I'm not looking forward to it after this, but yeah, I think he should be okay in 15-teamers at the end of this week. It's a really barren wire and I needed something. Okay, cool. Um, Brady Singer against the Dodgers is a cherry bomb. And what do you know? Seven innings, one and run, four hits, three walks, four Ks. If you know Brady Singer, you'll know the two things that he did to succeed in this start. One, you got to get those sinker called strikes. He got those. And two, and finally saw the slider get double-digit whips. We had 12 in this one. We haven't seen that of a lot from Brady Singer. It's good to see that he still has the capability of doing it. But yeah, he's a cherry bomb. You just do not know when that's going to happen. Aaron Savali is a Toby and got a weak team, and there you go. Six innings, one and run, three hits, one walk in two Ks against the Cubs. I love the fact that he went cutter plus curveball 70% of the time, and it opened the door for his four-seamer to get a 35% CSW in the upper half. He got whiffs on that because it was a surprise. That's nice to see it. This is the, the Aaron Savali that he tries to be every single time. Cole Irvin got a gold star because he went five innings of one earned run against the Twins. I didn't really expect him to go 82 pitches after the rain delay put him underneath 50 pitches. 
and he came through for those that needed it. But it was six hits and three walks and just one strikeout. How am I going to better my burn with this? Not really a good start, but you get a gold star a bit for this one. Like another arm you'll see could be arguably the gold star instead. But anyway, he's a Toby at best here. I don't know if I really want to chase it much, but uh, yeah, Cole Irvin could go on a nice little stretch, especially pitching for uh, the Orioles inside of Baltimore. Sean Dooman stepped in for Framber Valdez for four innings, one and run, and was promptly sent down to the minors for Brandon Bialak, so we're not really going to uh, lean on to this one, but hey, he throws like 95 with decent secondaries, and like, it's the Astros, that could work, um, we'll see. David Peterson against the Giants, four innings of one and runs, three hits, three walks, three Ks, I don't know, uh, I don't really think that David Peterson is very good, and, uh, and he was a tick down on everything, including two on the four-seamer, so... Do not lean in on David Peterson. Garrett Whitlock left his game with elbow soreness, and he's getting an MRI today, and it's very sad. And we have a lot of other guys to talk about. Colin Rice, Spencer Strider, Garrett Cole, Reed Detmers, Kevin Gosman, Tuki Toussaint. We're going to talk about all those after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLIST to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the 7th Inning Stretch Tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncp.com gambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY and in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789 Colin Ray against the Pirates got the win arguably also the gold star here because I didn't really expect anything from Colin Ray in 6.2 innings of 200 runs 5 hits 1 walk 3 Ks he just shoves fastballs it's kind of like Adrian Hauser to me and I hope it works out for him, and I'm glad that it did here against the Pirates. But, man, it's it's just one of those guys that you know has a chance to go six innings. And if that's just you're desperate for something that could happen against a weak team, by all means, go for it. Uh, it's against the Cubs next. I mean, it's kind of like a Toby in that way, but worse? I don't know. Uh, Spencer Strider against the Marlins. Ace is going to ace. He's going to be SP number one today. Cole is going to be SP number two. They both allowed 200 runs. But Strider had nine strikeouts and Cole had five, as he also had a worse whip. But the thing is, Garrett Cole was at 98 on the four-seamer and a tick up on everything. All of his four top four pitches, we're talking fastball, uh, changeup, curve, slider, all above a 31%. Uh, CSW, it's all there. Uh, and it's kind of a weird season for Garrett Cole where he hasn't really felt like that guy. But all of the skills are there and I feel like it's such a weird start to see 5Ks, 8 base runners, and 6 from Cole because he's so good. He is so good right now. Uh, and he's been an absolute rock for you, and he will continue to be, if not better, in the second half. I mean, to me, right now, it's like Spencer Strider and Garrett Cole are the clear number one, number two. Uh, and I might make that actually the tier uh, today because I feel as if they're just so far ahead. Even Kevin Gosman, 5 innings, 200 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 7Ks. I don't have the same faith as I do Cole and Strider at the moment. Um, the splitter isn't as good as it has been. Uh, the fastball was nice in 96. It was 1.5 ticks up on everything. And that's really been the thing that's pulled them along. But uh, 
the splitter isn't that double digit with pitch right now. It's just it's not as good, and the fastball is really saving him. Reed Detmers, oh man, guys, it's happening. Remember at the beginning of the year, I was like Reed Detmers everywhere, and then I was just, hey, what is going on? Because he's doing all the things that he should be doing that would dictate his success, but it's just not working. And the trick, the solution was to actually make a slightly different slider. It, it still has a lot of swing strikes, but now it has a 41% CSW because it has a lower velocity with more drop. And that was the difference. to get more separation, I think, from the four-seamer to the slider because this was against Arizona. Got the win, six innings, two and runs, three hits, two walks, and nine Ks. And then you also have the curve getting 60% strikes while the four-seamer is now living up in the zone. Nine whiffs in this one just on that pitch alone. This is great. This is the Reed Detmers that I wanted in April and May when I saw that he had higher velocity and the slider working. I thought it was supposed to be then. It is now. Oh, I can't wait. Now, the biggest thing that annoys me is that the Angels just have five games. They don't have six. They're not playing on Sunday for whatever reason. They they have this LA series, and it's Friday and Saturday and just not Sunday, which, why? So that means that Reed Detmers might not pitch until after the All-Star break, which is so dumb. This entire week, you're not going to get a Reed Detmer start. I hope that changes. I hope they just throw him anyway. But then again, he, was, he just turned 24, essentially. I think it was yesterday or today, or it, it's it's very, very soon. Uh, he turns it on the 8th, so I guess they want to be a little slow on him. I don't know. It's annoying. Tuki Desant against the Athletics. I know, right? He's on the White Sox now, I guess. 3.2 innings, 200 runs, 3 hits, 4 walks, 5 Ks. Yeah, no, no, no. Do not do that. Richill, I guess, did well against the Brewers in five innings and eight strikeouts and five base runners, but three and runs, and I'm glad that kind of worked if you did it, but you don't want to do that. Trevor Williams had one strikeout against the Phillies. How am I going to butter my bread with this? But got the win, five innings, three and runs, six hits, two walks. I mean, three whiffs, 18% CSW. I mean, come on. Uh, Zach Gallen got 12 strikeouts in seven innings against the Angels with four and runs with five hits and, and one walk. And it's kind of interesting. He went two-thirds four-seamers, 67% four-seamers, and the two home runs came on the curve and the cutter. That four-seamer was so dominant. He was staying away from both lefties and righties with that four-seamer. Traditionally, when I see four-seamer dominance, I think either jamming them inside or going elevated a lot. And he did elevate a decent amount, but it was away, which is strange and not really what you normally see. Gallon made that work, which is cool, but it does make me feel a little weird considering that the uh, the cutter and the change weren't as good. The the curve went 9 for 18 CSW, to be fair, and the change did get 43%. But they weren't utilized that much, and it was really just a four-seamer dominance. But maybe that's just, hey, look, four-seamer was just that good, and he kept going with that, and I can't really, uh, I shouldn't criticize, because, yeah, he just went with what was going, and not, uh, you know, I, w- I always want to see, like, Gallon throwing everything a lot and, and having success with everything. But, yeah, this was 17 with 35% CSW. How could I be upset? Sandy Alcantara I can be upset about, but it was against Atlanta. And it was five innings, four and runs, five hits, two walks, six Ks. Everyone's just sick of me talking about Sandy Alcantara. I mean, I, I'm I'm sticking to my guns. I I've certainly jumped off the train on other guys before. All right, like you, everyone's been around, knows me enough now to say like, hey, yeah, Nick, you do change your tune on guys over time. And it's not just a personal spot that I have for Sandy Alcantara. It's because I legitimately just think he's pretty much the same pitcher that he used to be. So why should I? really changed this. I'm still buying low on Sandy Alcantara. The Atlanta's just such a good offense. That's how it goes. Um, the changeup wasn't as good. It was a 14% CSW allowed a bomb off of uh, Ozzie Albies. Um, but yeah, 
just just go and chase Sandy Alcantara. You'll be happy you did. Matt Manning against uh, the Rockies in course, obviously not. Tony Gonsolin against the Royals. Honestly, I think he's droppable. It was 3.2 innings of four and runs, six hits, three walks, three Ks. Ugh. He'll get the Angels next weekend. That's okay. But, um, yeah, this is a... He had just previously allowed 11 runs in his previous two games. Um, the splitter isn't getting as many strikes as as reliable. The slider and the curve haven't really stepped up, and the fastball just isn't that good of a pitch. And there you go. That's Tony Gonsolin. Uh, he's fine, but it's not really something that you need to have. Uh, Luis Castillo, very disappointing against the, the Rays because he allowed five earned runs in, on eight hits and zero walks in six innings. Six Ks. He threw two sinkers to Randy Rosarena that were destroyed. Uh, which is all kinds of frustrating. And he's throwing the changeup again, which is kind of cool. Uh, and this was a uh, this was kind of nice. He earned six whiffs on it. The four-seamer was amazing. And he didn't allow a single hit in this game on four-seamers. There were sliders and changeups and, and those sinkers. And the slider did have a 46% CSW, which is very, very nice. Um, but yeah, this is just the Rays being really good. Don't worry about this with Luis Castillo. I love the fact that the four-seamer is just so good. He had 19 total whiffs in this one, so... And I did get my Luis Castillo bobblehead today. I'll show Twitch chat right after this podcast. It is hilarious. Um, I think it's really cool. They did his hair great, but his they did him dirty with his face. His um, yeah, that is, I uh, that is not fair. If someone made a bobblehead that made me look like that, I would be kind of upset. <laughs> and this is why you got to join the Twitch uh, in the morning, 10 a.m. to, I mean, sometimes it's to 1 p.m. Eastern time. Because I sometimes go along with them, like today. Uh, but uh, you definitely got to be there. Um, Ranger Suarez against the Nationals. 5.1 innings, 5 earned runs, 7 hits, 3 walks, and 5 Ks. Very disappointing considering he's been on such a good run. In a way, it's a Vargas rule. But I think you got to go one more because it is the Marlins next and hope that his command returns. Jameson Tynan's in a terrible place and you do not start him. Uh, Connor Seabolt in course, duh. You do not start him. Paul Blackburn, very disappointing against the White Sox. I thought he would be able to pull this one off because he has a good varied repertoire and the White Sox are really bad against breaking balls and he has a lot of them. And yeah, it just was not good. He couldn't land a slider and curve for strikes. Like, that's the thing that you need to do against the White Sox. So yeah, Paulie Punchouts, come on, man. Um, and lastly, Taj Bradley is, think of like a worse Tyler Glasnow. That's what Taj Bradley is. He's a thrower, not a pitcher. Everything was down the middle. The Mariners teed off 3.1 innings of five earned runs, nine hits, one walk, three Ks. He's worth it for the massive ceiling. Uh, but yeah, it's he's a cherry bomb. And that's just kind of how it is with Taj Bradley. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's starters. We have Joe Ryan, Blake Snell, Clayton Kershaw, Logan Webb, and Tyler Wells today. Pretty obvious there. You can even say Braxton Garrett is in that auto start too with the way he's been going against and now he gets the Cardinals. Bryce Elder against the Guardians. We're going after that. We had Brian Wu as our extreme pick of the day against the Giants. I was tempted to even swap those two, but Elder's just been that, like, whatever, send, and forget. Uh, Mitch Keller against the Dodgers. I'm still going with Domingo Herman after the perfect game. Um, you know, not the best human, but uh, I don't think that he's going to have that much of a uh, fatigue situation after throwing 99 pitches in the perfect game. Questionable start tier. I moved Christian Javier from yesterday to today. I I changed it. He's not in the probable start tier anymore. He's in the questionable one because it's the Rangers. And I actually looked at the uh, PLV uh, pitching app today about uh, seeing the movement profiles. And the slider is a little bit less of the horizontal movement. And the four-seamer is getting a little bit more cut action than it used to, which we don't want. So I do wonder if those are the major two problems right now. But for the most part, it's still a really good four-seamer. 
And as long as he gets the sliders for strikes, he should be good. But this is the Rangers, and he just has not gone there yet. And he's in a weird state. So I think you don't want to take a chance to start your week with Christian Javier at Texas. Miles Michaelis against the Marlins. Uh, I just don't think Miles Michaelis is that good, even though it's the Marlins. Gavin Williams against Atlanta. It's Atlanta. Be careful. Drew Smiley. Is he going to get the curveball down? Jake Irvin has two ticks up on his fastball, which is cool. Um, but it's the Reds. Julian Tehran. Are we really doing this again? He just hit the wall as a Vargas rule against the Cubs. Martin Perez is in the do not start tier against the Astros. Obviously, Luke Weaver, no way, even though it's the Nationals. Jaime Berea against the Padres had zero Ks against the White Sox. And Austin Cox does not have the four seamer whiffs against the Twins. Looking forward to tomorrow's games. Otani, Musgrove, Luzardo, Gilbert. Very obvious. Nola gets the raise, so no thank you. Bassett just had 12 strikeouts, so yeah, probable start against the White Sox. Eflin against the Phils, of course. Maeda against the Royals. Sheehan against the Pirates. Seems pretty obvious. GP uh, France against the Rockies is our stream pick of the day. Rocky Road is nice. Lucas Giolito against the Jays, but he's in a good place, so we do it. Kyle Hendricks against the Brewers. He's in a good split place with the changeup and sinker command. I don't like the curveball right now. He's only throwing like four of them, but hopefully that comes back. GP Sears is, you don't really know, but it's the Tigers, and I feel like that's a good enough floor to do that. Uh, Shane Bieber against Atlanta. Oh boy, it's Atlanta. And Bieber is weird with slider and curve, so be careful there. Um, questionable start tier is Kodai Senga against Arizona. We don't know what we're going to get. Wade Miley against the Cubs. Fine. Tarek Skubal's coming back. It's a still ill, so we don't know how many pitches he's going to get and how his command looks and everything, but I'm very excited about that. If he's available on your wire, you should pick him up, especially as a spec ad. You don't have to start him tomorrow, but you want to have Tarek Skubal. Clark Schmidt against the Orioles. I don't really like it, but whatever. Keaton Wynn has splitters and four-seamers, and that could work against the Mariners, especially if he gets a splitter out of the zone. That could be really interesting. Kyle Gibson, you don't know what you're going to get against the Yankees. And Dane Dunning just had a really nice start. It's the Red Sox. I don't love it, but bottom of questionable start. Do not start Colby Allard against the Guardians. I know he just had eight strikeouts. Guardians don't strike out, and Colby Allard is not different in a good way. Don't do that. Adam Wainwright against the Marlins. No, thank you. It's Wainwright. Zach Davies against the Mets, no, Granke, and Corbin, and Freeland, and Luis Ortiz against the Dodgers, and Brett Kennedy, you're like, who is that? He might be starting for the Reds, is a fastball guy at 91-92 with a good changeup, and that's it, and do not do that, and Chris Murphy, and whoever else the Red Sox do against the Rangers, no, thank you. But all right, that is it. Thank you all so much for all your support and leaving your ratings on iTunes and Apple and Spotify. Seriously, those go so far for us. If you haven't left one yet, please consider doing that um, as they really do help us out a ton. So thank you so much. And that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your bumpers be low and your strikeouts high.